Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 49 of DM Discussions, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we cover a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Ben Bumhopper. How are you doing this evening, Ben? Hey, Ryan. Things are going great. Absolutely great. Good. Because we are not alone. And we're not. As much as I enjoy talking to you, whenever we have a third person here, those discussions just get better and better. So I am very happy that it's not just us tonight. It's true. Uh, Joining us this evening is the fantastic Celeste Conowich. Welcome to the the show. So happy to have you on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's Uh, definitely a pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk some D and D tonight, and it's gonna be good. Yes, my favorite. And we're gonna get to talk one of my favorite things: high level D and D, because there's not a whole lot of information out in the wild on that, uh, and I feel like there should be more. And Celeste is actually a little bit of an expert in that realm, uh, so I'm really excited to get into that. But first, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, why don't you uh, like introduce yourself, tell us maybe a little bit about your uh, tabletop RPG history and, and what you're currently working on. Yeah, uh, so as I said, uh, my name is Celeste Conowich. I am a full-time game designer by day. Uh, I work for 2C Gaming, which is a, a third-party uh, you know, company that writes Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and then I also do a bunch of freelance work. Uh, I've went full-time freelance about two years ago now before taking this job with 2C Gaming. And I had the pleasure of working with a ton of great companies, including Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I was one of the writers for Rime of the Frostmaiden, uh, that big campaign that came out. Uh, I do a lot of work with Cobalt Press. I also work with MCDM Productions, Jetpack 7. So I've been really, really lucky to work with a lot of awesome people in the space. And of course, on top of that, I'm also a podcaster, a streamer. I've been running Venture Maidens, which is a D&D actual play podcast and live stream for five, well, so almost six years now. Uh, quite recently with 2C Gaming, we just uh, launched the Venture Maidens campaign guide on Kickstarter. Uh, that successfully funded. It funded in like 30 minutes. It was amazing. Um, oh, awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that is going on. Um yeah, I, I've been playing games forever um, for a, a few decades, um, not to date myself, yeah, but <laughs> I have been a DM for Dungeons & Dragons for over 15 years. Ooh, wow. I've played through many, many different editions of this game, and uh, I'm just a big old, big old nerd. Big old nerd, happy to be here. Uh, love talking about Dungeons & Dragons. I'm so glad that's what we're talking about, because that's all I know about that's great you're in, you're in good company <laughs> yeah we're big old nerds too big it's old nerds. Just, yep. it's kind of a prerequisite to get on the show truly truly i'm, I'm glad i passed <laughs> and I, I love uh i love that you you mentioned you did rhyme because our our actual play podcast that both ben and myself do is playing through rhyme oh my right gosh now. what part are you at so we just finished uh basically the um what, what would you call it, Ben? Like the, the intro, the, the the big intro portion, the murder. Yeah, the murder mystery arc. Murder I guess. mystery arc, yeah. Cool. So, Very cool. Well, I have some um, 
I did some of the later chapters in the book, so Excellent. when things start getting really scary, uh, you can probably <laughs> you can probably blame me. <laughs> and we'll just be sitting there huddled in in the the corner, just terrified, just shaking our fists. Hello. Yeah, I mean, no spoilers, but I wrote the Caves of Hunger chapter, so Fantastic. if that that name doesn't frighten you, then I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm very yeah. excited to get there. That's that's going to be a, and that is probably one of the longer campaigns that wizards has yeah out, yeah when you look at it on the shelf that spine is real chunky compared to the, <laughs> the rest of yeah. them so oh yeah there's a lot and, in that book well and that's and that's what i've heard from so many people because I've, I've kept from reading a lot of it myself mm -hmm. just because i'm not dming mm -hmm. <laughs> this, this version that we're we're <laughs> playing through so i've been trying to keep as spoiler free as possible but i've heard from a lot of people that it's actually got a lot of extra content and so uh in a lot of ways that can work out to very different campaigns mm, playing yeah. out if you played it multiple times yeah what's really interesting about it is that it, it totally has that sandbox feel but it also has a lot more i think stronger plots that are woven mm -hmm. into it at the same time uh, because you know we've had our giant sandbox games you know you think Storm King's Thunder and it's like what do we oh, do yeah, at sure. any given moment <laughs> yeah. in this game we have no idea there's so Almost many places a little to too go sandboxy yeah. Exactly. yeah and then and then we you know we we had things like like Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus which had like this you know this railroad story that rocketed you through these interesting locations but this book really does have so much extra stuff and content and interesting hooks and i mean multiple villains in it uh you know you have you have an angry god you have this thing over here you have this thing over <laughs> here and it's like wow we can really make this whatever we want so exactly. it, it was a lot of fun very challenging to write for for such a broadly scoped book. Yeah. And I mean, I'm really excited because now they know that the hungering cabins are going to be a skill <laughs> challenge in cooking. Uh, um, yeah. I'm really looking forward it's, to this. It's going to uh, be great. It's a master chef challenge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> you are not the chef. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you are the ingredient, my friend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> darn. I was hoping. <laughs> so, so just seeing is that you know a big official wizards book what was what was your favorite part of of doing that like just the experience as a whole yeah i mean i think working on that book taught me so much about what it means to collaborate with other creators and then also collaborate in a bigger company to what that process looks like. And that was actually when I was doing that, I was relatively new to freelancing full time. So that was like a, one of my big first like full time jobs uh, sure. was writing for that book. And I was so lucky all of the writers on that book, um, just the way we supported each other and like forged that team and shared information and build this, this story, you know, off of what we were given. Um, being in that writer's room taught me so much about what it means to build a campaign together and work with a team, uh, which is huge in this industry because nobody can do anything alone uh, for for these books. It requires so much love and care and so many different aspects go into making a TTRPG setting, a book, anything. Uh, so I was I was just so grateful to get the crash course experience <laughs> in all of that. And so was, was that was that all written during COVID year? 
No, so that was a uh, before COVID year. We were writing oh, before so, that. So what's and, the lead time on those kind of those? Kinda... Oh, so about a year, a year or two. Oh, uh, wow. We had to we had to keep quiet the fact that we we had written that, <laughs> oh, that's which so was hard. so hard. Which so, so hard. hard. You know, the fact that you just want to tell everybody so bad that you're mm-hmm. working for your dream company, uh, and you're like, no, no, no. So it was it was weird when they were you know announced Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. It was like COVID had just kind of started. And we're like, oh man, we're coming out with a book that's all about isolation and like fear <laughs> in this time. Oh no! Um, so it was it was very weird how that all kind of lined up. So what was it like uh, going in and you know being invited to write about like a a very iconic place, you know, a, a setting and stuff that's you know many books have been written about and everything like. How did it feel just going in there and putting your own touch on everything? It was fun. Uh, I, and of course, you know, I've I've read the Drist novel. So I was, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I was like stoked when this setting was coming out. And I had, you know, read and played through the 4E Crystal Shard adventure, uh, which oh. was set in the same world. So I had access to these tools and this experience. And um I think it was myself and H.H. Carlin who were the only ones on the team who had actually read the Drist novels before. So it was really interesting, like, sharing our experience with them and, you know, getting the perspective of new writers on the setting who weren't familiar with it and, like, combining and pooling that knowledge to create new and interesting things. Very cool. It it seems like it seems like that's probably the best way to go into it because then oh, you yeah. have some of that background lore but then you don't you have people who aren't necessarily tied down right you're not burdened by yeah. you know the knowledge uh no it, it was definitely you know it's so much easier to get good ideas when you have multiple perspectives in the room that's something that's so exciting with fifth edition now you know we're seeing so much young talent and so many new writers and people from different walks of life and perspectives and cultures and backgrounds it's just absolutely making D better and better it, it's it's really cool because i've been Fifth edition was my first D and D edition, and awesome. so um, I started it. <laughs> it like I like this uh, from just what I've seen and what I've read, and um, I've watched uh, some of Matt Colville's like history of the D and D editions mm-hmm. as he's gone through them, and those are really interesting videos. But the, this seem definitely seems like one of the the best times to have hopped in. I hopped in fairly close to the beginning, and it's really cool seeing a lot of the people I followed in the space all of a sudden coming out and saying, hey, I worked on this official Wizards book or I, I, I freelanced on this this book or a few of them, like I got hired as a designer <laughs> type thing. Um, <laughs> like Dan Dillon, who uh, was at Kobold Press and mm-hmm. uh, now works for, works, works uh, yeah, for Wizards. Yeah, as a designer uh, at Wizards. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just super cool uh, over the last several years seeing those types of, of things come up. Um, but transitioning a little bit, um, you mentioned uh, Venture Maidens. So can you tell people a little bit about what that is? And then uh, basically what I assume is the dream project. Like, <laughs> yeah. holy crap. Uh, yeah. Of yours is- <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, right when D&D 5e came out, uh, I think was the same time that I started figuring out what podcasts were at that point in my life so you know five six years ago now um around that time and it was around then that i 
found a D&D actual play podcast. It was called Drunks and Dragons at the time. Um, and I think I heard I, of that know, one. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I was just listening to people play D&D. And, you know, I had been running at that point a 3-5 campaign for five years. Um, I took a little dip into 4 in the middle of that and then went back into the 3-5 campaign. It's a whole thing. But <laughs> I don't blame at, you. <laughs> yeah. But at that point, you know, I was like, God, this is so cool and weird that people want to listen to other people play D D. and you know i have some really amazing friends that i think we tell really amazing stories together and you know what i would really like to hear a D podcast with voices that sound like mine you know femme voices so i went ahead and uh, i learned how to play fifth edition so i could make a podcast uh so venture maidens was born then uh myself and three of my best friends in the world who had all taught how to play DD actually um over the years uh we got together and we started streaming and recording podcasting this this endeavor you know and through trials tribulations trying to figure out how uh microphones work and recording <laughs> and remote calling <laughs> we are standing here it's yeah, not as easy as it sounds it is not as easy and it was a lot harder it's then not. um <laughs> than it is now and so after all of that you know here we are uh we just ramp wrapped up after five and a half years our first campaign at 100 episodes uh, and in two weeks' time, so on the 14th, we're returning with campaign two of the show. So it's going to be featuring our same cast, mm. new characters, doing, you know, stepping into this whole world. And of course, you know, something we always dreamed about along the way was getting the chance to make a setting guide, you know, to take this world that we had created and so many people have come to love and this community has been built around and actually publishing that as a setting. And, you know, luckily, the trajectory of my life has been such that I am now a professional game designer and I was in a position to actually take this world we had all been creating together and give it mechanics, put it in a book, publish it. And so with these dreams in mind, everything kind of lined up and uh, Venture Maidens, you know, signed on board with with 2C Gaming and we teamed up to make and publish this book and we ran the kickstarter and it, it's amazing we made over hundred and seven thousand dollars over two thousand people backed this book to bring the venture maintenance campaign guide in into reality so right now basically i'm spending like eight hours a day writing this book <laughs> You know, I, I assume that's probably your main main. Project yeah, it's it's quite a bit. Right you know, one hundred and forty thousand words is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, nope. In terms of writing, you know, nope. and I've written on a lot of books, but this is the first project where, like, I I'm one the lead designer, so I'm coordinating contract mm -hmm. writers and you know scoping everything for the project. But then two, also doing the majority of the writing myself, which is so exciting uh, and also so terrifying. <laughs> I mean, this is this is your world like this is something you've cultivated right over years and years and years and years. And so just putting that all down, I'm sure it's one of those where you go back to your campaign notes and go, oh, crap. Oh, I boy. Organized, organized. Yeah. How do I spell that NPC I look at, name? I look at my, uh, yeah. oh, I know. It's I look at my Google Docs folder yeah, for mine sometimes and just go, I really need to organize this better. Yeah, well, I mean, the, you know, the 
I think the intimidating part of it all is, you know, um, the world may have started in my head, you know, as my original inception. But the thing about having a show that is so public and so forward facing and has such a big community around it is that the world has very much changed and become I mean, it's so many people have put their stories and their magic into this world, too. So I'm not just writing this book for me. I'm writing it for the mm. thousands of people who love Venture Maidens. And so that that weight is, you know, always there. It's I, I can't just write what's in my head. I write I have to write the thing that's the most useful and the most interesting and fulfills the needs uh, of people who want to play in the world of Venture Maidens. Yeah. So essentially taking your world and opening it up even more for everybody yeah. to just kind of like take a piece of and, and create and use on their own. That's <laughs> exactly. Really cool. Exactly. And that's gotta be tough. Yeah, you gotta make it an invitation at every corner and always question, you know, oh, mm-hmm. am I writing this for me or am I writing this for, you know, to create a good game? Uh, and so there's a lot of those discussions and that constant review process of, you know, why am I writing this? Does this add anything? Do we have to scrap this? Where, mm-hmm. What should we write instead? Uh, it's, it's constant. Oh, sure. And I, and I think one of the, one of the coolest things I think I love about homebrew worlds is the permanence effect that your characters, your players have on it. And so you've got, probably this massive rich history of your players influencing this <laughs> world of yours, then that probably factors into the, the campaign book as well, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because we had to make the choice of, you know, are the characters in the world, have they changed everything or do we do it where it's like, you know, the playground of blocks the characters walked into at the very mm. beginning, and that's the same playground mm-hmm. that anybody else is walking gotcha. into. So we've actually made the decision for the campaign guide. Basically, the characters' actions haven't changed the world radically in the way they did oh, okay, um, okay. with the world. So the world, all the elements and the cities and people and places are the same as when the adventure began uh, for us, for the Venture Maidens. And so that way, people playing in the world, you know, because obviously our heroes magical things happened whole factions rose and fell (laughs) and you know lands became flooded disappeared islands you know exploded (laughs) and so i wanted to give people walking into the world of venture maidens you know kind of a clean slate uh so that their characters could imprint their own stories and you know destroy the landscape in whatever heroic way they deem fit (laughs) Well, and, and something that's really neat about that too is that you can kind of play along the same adventure, but again, because it's you're looking at it as, you know, every single player character completely changes and does mm-hmm. tons of things you don't expect, goes about things in a different way. Like you could start in the same exact spot, but end mm-hmm. in so many different places. Exactly. So giving them those building blocks would just be all like, let's see what happens if we put them in the same situation. And I mean, that's one of the neat things about the different campaign guides that, that, you know, are official or, you know, freelance or anything that's out there, but having a show that's popular that, you know, tons of people listen to, like if the DM is the only person who listened, it's just an extra added experience to them just to be all like, let's see what happens now. Yeah. It's like, Oh, are they going to choose to do this or how are they going to react to this? And, you know, different character mm-hmm. combos and the dice totally. rolls sometimes totally change. Oh, exactly. What happens? Uh, 
I, I, yeah, I really wanted to kind of keep that dynamic aspect uh, of the campaign guide. So it is, it is also interesting, you know, writing sort of that that pre before time. It's almost like you're mm-hmm. writing, you know, Marvel multiverse timelines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I love, I love that you mentioned that because that's that's the difference that a a designer mentality has to be versus necessarily just the DM mentality. Cause as a DM and like, and the world I have, you go into, it's just like, yeah, these people, all these characters affected this and that and the other. And then from a game designer perspective, you have to go, is that actually the best mm-hmm. way to introduce people to this campaign setting? Or should we bring it back a bit and make it, more like you said the beginning all the more breakable and then let them play in in that sandbox uh that that you're creating so i I love that there that distinction because that is that is something that does make a huge difference yeah who wants to play the game that's at the very end already that's been played Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it, yeah, it's no, that's really a, that's a big thing. it's really interesting having you know the game designer and the dungeon master in your head for the same setting and uh, <laughs> constantly <laughs> having to referee decisions between the two. I feel like is something I do very frequently for this project. That's really oh, neat, though. Bad. Like it, looking at it from those different perspectives. I mean. I've just been a home DM. I've obviously never created an adventure because, well, I'm, I'm not that good yet. But um, just you know, knowing what's happening in the world and going on and everything versus these are what my players are affecting. This is how those those threads are kind of reaching out and touching everything else and stuff. It's just it's such a different mind like mind perspective, different perspective because a mind perspective is the same thing. And I'm making up words. It's, it sounds good. It's, it's really cool to see in, uh, you know, in, in the sort of, uh, you know, place. So yeah. Neat. Yeah. It, it's something yeah, I, that's, I, that's, that's a dream for sure. Yeah. Cause it's, it's something I do like to say a lot because being a dungeon master, you totally are, you know, you're writing adventures and you're building world, but you're doing it with your table in mind, you know, so you always know your players and you can design and tailor things for them. And the thing about being a game designer is you're doing the same thing, but what you're doing is you have to make it so anyone at any time could walk Mm -hmm. up, understand exactly what's going on and get a great experience without knowing you, without knowing them, uh, which is, a, a, a really big step uh, in terms of um, <laughs> just just the logistics of it, certainly. Yeah, that's that's huge. Um, but that's that sounds like a an incredible, <laughs> what an incredible thing to be able to do. Uh, and so excited! Did the did the Kickstarter blow your mind? Were you expecting the, I... the response that you got? You know, I I honestly wasn't sure what to expect. I, I thought that we were going to fund, like, for sure, at, you know, our, our minimum level, and we were going to get to make a book. But the thing is, you know, with Kickstarter, that's the way it worked with the stretch goals and everything. You have these low goals. You're like, hey, I need $15,000 just to make the book. It's not going to be as long. It's not going to have as much in it. It's not going to be as beautiful, but we can make the book. And the fact that we blew through all of our stretch goals that we were able to bring on, you know, contract writers to write more sections of the book, that we can do more art, that we can expand, you know, the monster appendix section. That was so 
just in- incredible to see and to experience because also, you know, we're a pretty popular actual play podcast, but there are a lot of them out there. And, you know, we're certainly no critical role. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we weren't sure what to expect, how many people were going to come out of the woodwork and help, you know, make this book. And we were hoping that it would be a bunch of people who, you know, even though they haven't listened to Venture Maidens, were interested in what we were writing for the book. We were really mm-hmm. aiming to be able to do that, to sell this book to people who had never heard of Venture Maidens before. And I think we did it. I, I think a lot of the people who came to this project had heard of Venture Maidens for the first time. And, you know, I really wanted to include a lot of innovative mechanics, a lot of like helpful DM advice, uh, a bunch of new subclasses, magic items. I did monster templates, things to draw in other people and get them invested in the world of Venture Maidens without having to know, you know, mm. anything about the setting before. Oh, that's yeah, I, I love that. And a lot of times, um, I mean, we we all we all know how schedules work. We all have limited <laughs> time to be able to do things. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when I see interesting books like that or interesting setting books, and it's not just the setting, but it's here's some mechanics, here's some mm-hmm. magic items, here's some monsters, here's, mm-hmm. you know, some scenarios or, you know, whatever. Uh, I will grab those, mm-hmm. not that I necessarily will run that setting right then, but that allows me to then go, look at all this work all these awesome people did. I'm going to pull some of these things into my campaign, yeah. some of these mechanics, some of these monsters, some of these cool magic items. Um, and those types of books can really fuel creativity, even if you're not necessarily running the whole setting. Yeah. I think Eberron yeah. is my exactly. favorite. Yeah, Eberron, I think, is my favorite example of this because, like, there is some cool, innovative stuff in Eberron, the way, like, dragon marks work and magic items and stuff. I've never actually run a full Eberron campaign, but I love writing adventures in the setting and I love, Mm -hmm. you know, playing with the mechanics that have been brought up in the setting. Uh, They're just great tools for the toolbox. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I own every book on D&D Beyond because, you know what? (laughs) I have a home, yeah. I have a homebrew campaign, but guess what? Oh, this new item is really cool. Yoink. Yeah, and yoink. this monster. Thank you. I'll take that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, new things from from uh, Rhyme of the Frostbite. Great. Yoink. I'm gonna have mm-hmm. a snow setting. Let's put those uh, crag cats in there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just being able to pull from anywhere is always so nice. So having those extra bits and especially the extra monsters and stuff like that, like not only is a, a a very cool and popular you know campaign setting awesome in any book form but you've always or you're you're helping out just by throwing out awesome stuff into the community in the first place so very cool yeah yeah that's that's absolutely huge um and to kind of transition a little bit uh but still on venture maidens one of the i believe it was the final stretch goal super mm-hmm. cool making it uh uh, including a one through 20 mm-hmm. adventure with it. And this is, that's, and I, I saw that and I was just like, <laughs> I'm so interested in this now yeah. <laughs> because that is incredibly uncommon mm-hmm. in just in the, not only in the realm of D&D, the 5e especially. I'm, I'm oh, honestly yeah. not sure in the past how high level content was, handled or if it was you know used often or if it was reached often i know from a 5e perspective at least uh dnd beyond has released stats and stuff like that it's 
you know, 15 through 20 is like 5%. Yeah. Yeah. of campaigns or it's 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 small uh, and it makes me sad because <laughs> high level content is it's it's almost its own game it's oh, it's yeah. such a very unique uh unlike anything else that you're doing when you're doing this like one through five, one through eight, one through 10 type thing. So how do you approach <laughs> writing a one through 20 adventure like wow yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for sure. Um, especially because there there aren't, uh, you know, settings out there from wizards to look at as a model for 1 to 20. Um, but, you know, luckily I have had a lot of experience writing adventures all over the map. And what's even better is that I have run several, like, 1 to 20 campaigns in the course of my, my DMing career. So it really is pulling on a lot of you got to get that that build in there and you have to raise the stakes really dramatically when you are going to a level 1 to 20 campaign and specifically what we're doing too with it because we we are actually so we're not publishing inside the book but what we're doing is we're giving additional zines uh so zines if you're not familiar they're awesome like little paperback books so we're breaking down each of the zines we're doing the you know all the different tiers in there and our goal with writing these is that somebody could play through the adventure as level one to 20 or they could pull out any level of this adventure and incorporate it into their own games and i think one of the reasons we really wanted to do that is because it's so rare to find content for higher levels we wanted to make this a more accessible product for people who are hungry for those higher level adventures i love that yeah and i mean so one are of those going to be oh, yeah oh sorry i was just, are those going to be separate are you going to be able to just like say i want the 10 through 20 zine for that and be able to just grab those is that kind yeah. of what you're talking about yeah so uh, as part of the kickstarter if you did pledge for one you're going to get all four but eventually after this is out you know people can buy the tiers individually so if somebody did just want to buy you know the tier oh, four adventure cool. they can absolutely go ahead and pick that up uh, so we want to make it as easy as possible for anybody to you know get this content that's something we're really prioritizing with this project um yeah, and of course, I mean, I think the reason that 16 to 20 is so unplayed or unmade for is that it it is very challenging, um, especially on the DM or on the writer to balance mechanically because there really isn't support uh, for that high level tiers of play. I mean, you can pick up anything in the monster manual and even those biggest CR creatures are just not going to cut it for 16 to 20 Ooh. so it it forces <laughs> it forces dms to you know without tools they have to make their own monsters uh they have to build these radically challenging encounters you have to raise the stakes so social encounters actually matter at level 20 you know what what do you do when you have a wizard who can teleport anywhere how do you ever do exploration <laughs> encounters you know so it's it's a challenge and you do have to make your own tools or you have to find third party content to supplement those kind of games, which is, I think, why so many people are afraid uh, or they just don't even know about the tools that are out there and available. Well, and incredibly, uh, you you are now working at a place that <laughs> in, in a lot of ways specializes 
yeah. in high-end content. Um, yeah. For those for those that don't know, and I and I backed all of these, and I'm, oh, cool. I'm getting my uh, Titans Titans book uh, nice. whenever whenever you guys are shipping shipping those soon. I'll, I'll have uh, to they, quiz you about uh, what's your favorite and see if uh, see if any oh, of mine may, make the list. Two <laughs> uh, C Gaming does um, has. has written a, a campaign setting and a, a kind of a player's handbook of sorts called Epic Legacy. And this is content that brings players from level 20 to level 30. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like high, the, the epic levels, the, oh, yeah. the high end type <laughs> we stuff. We weren't um, content and, just to go to 20. No, no, we're no. Content. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's something that I am, I am, itching to do with a with a campaign at some point but it's it's one of those things so these are uh, you're very much working with a, a team of designers and a and a company that has been pushing the envelope on the mm-hmm. the high-end content side of things which is super super cool um and they just had a kickstarter recently for this like tome of titans essentially what uh high very high cr monsters either on the in within the normal range side or mythic versions of them for the the epic legacy side uh so just kind of going off of that and i know you worked on some of those Mm -hmm. uh specifically um what what goes into making a good interesting monster that can challenge those 16 to 20 players oh yeah uh so you really have to think about everything in terms of scale and you have to utilize all of the rules in the game. So if you have a monster, <laughs> if you have a solo monster that you are hoping to survive a party of multiple characters, there are certainly a few things you have to do. One, you have to give this monster every kind of action available. These monsters have to have bonus actions. They have to have standards. They have to have reactions. They need to have great, meaningful, legendary actions. They need to have area effects and they have layers, regional effects. So you have as many tools in your toolbox as possible. So this monster is always doing something and you need you can't just think about it in terms of the monster anymore you really do have to build encounters for these monsters so again thinking about terrain are there minions involved there should be uh are there you know environmental effects are you also trying to survive coursing gouts of lava while fighting the dragon you really really just have to up the stakes in every way and get creative and innovative with your mechanics too Um, If you do have the benefit of like, you know, knowing your party, learning what challenges them, how they work together as a team, how they don't work so well together as a team, and then exploiting those. Like what happens if your healer Mm -hmm. goes down first? What happens if the monster is smart enough to understand that? Like what if they have this ability that can, you know, as a reaction, if they are shutting down spells or, you know, they... They have this this poison that goes on beyond just normal resistance. It's it's really looking at the mechanics and creating things that feel fair but actually increase the challenge level is is always the the big challenge with monsters, uh, especially enemy mythic monsters. So those in in the Epic Legacy Tome of Titans, mythics would be like CR thirty plus is basically the rating so you could kind of think of like a cr31 is roughly equivalent to a mythic one uh and of course we go all the way up to mythic 10 so 
when you're dealing with creatures like this, it's uh, there's a lot of factors going on in this fight. Yeah, I think it's the, not the, just yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're immune mm. to non-magical weapons. Ha ha. Ha ha. It's like that <laughs> stopped mattering ten levels ago. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like I yeah, mean, can it, this tr- you know, creature travel through time and you know go back around, or can it replicate itself at the speed of you know? Does it have acid blood like Alien? I love doing that. Um, acid blood, great. <laughs> Great monster tip. That uh, is terrifying. Great. Yeah. I, I'm absolutely horrible at like balancing as it is. So yeah, the idea of, of uh, um, pushing into like a higher level campaign is something that I'm really excited for and something that I'm personally like trying to do better at. Um, I want to take my party to level 20 just because, I mean, I've never played that high before. Awesome. And as a DM, it's going to be like, okay, I'm already having issues of like, okay, well, <laughs> I could just have three dragons attack. Why not? You know? Yeah. And it's <laughs> but, like, but that's, you know, like, where's the fun and just, there's just exactly. three dragons. Exactly. <laughs> the problem it, is it, the party would yeah. probably just destroy three dragons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it really, it really is. You, it requires you to think on a lot of different levels um, and to, to build, yeah, build things globally, build challenge, challenges globally so is like you know is there a puzzle going on during the combat or like how do we make this monster interesting we can't just do you know our big beef boys don't work anymore how do we make the hulk interesting you know it's there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it certainly and and this is probably one of the reasons that higher level play is so intimidating because like you said there's it's especially from an official standpoint there's not much to go on there's no support uh, for, for a, a new dm who has never done a one through 20 and is taking their campaign up through to look at and go okay i could look at this adventure and kind of see what they did to make this higher level thing interesting or whatever and as many dms quickly find out the the whole cr thing kind of goes out the window mm-hmm. between like level five and seven <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're then you you, you kind of like uh we were just playing on our our level level 10 uh we're doing like a a little multi-shot in between rhyme sections uh and we're we're running through one of the candle keep adventures that's level 10 and our dm there's five of us our dm threw three wyverns at us and it was nothing like yeah (laughs) except for the guy who almost yeah, except so for the they, cleric who almost just kind of, you know, lost it. But, you know, besides that. But yeah, like most of most of us walked out of that battle relatively unscathed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that should be pretty hard. Like that was on the deadly. Like he was, yeah. he was telling me, it's like, that was on the deadly thing. And I was like, you know, you really can't count on that it's, <laughs> anymore. It's, yeah. it, well, it is odd. And I think this is this is something that people are afraid to say almost about higher level is that you really can't trust the mechanics to back you up. The game becomes a lot more meta based, I think at higher levels. So if you have the party, that's all about like min max and my damage and here it is. And I'm going to play the rules so good. (laughs) They're probably going to get bored of playing high level play. Uh, But if they are really in tune with like role playing and high stakes, you know, you're not just fighting for yourself to beat the monster, you're fighting to defend the world or you're you're fighting, you know, as a champion of a city or a god, when you're increasing those narrative stakes, and you're not so tied to, oh, okay, this is hard, because it's a DC 25. 
Nobody thinks that's interesting. Uh, you know, so you can't rely on just those mechanics. It really does require um, tapping into those epic storytelling tactics uh, and thinking really outside the box. And maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons um, that, like, just simply jumping into like a higher, like a tier three or a tier four game would be harder because in a lot of like, like you were talking about narrative, you almost need that background of buildup to really make the players care about things. Um, because, and that's, that's uh, actually a great kind of topic to talk about. Just high level gameplay is not just these huge encounters. Mm-hmm. It's, like you said, it's got to be narrative stakes as well. There's There's got to be something other than here's a dude that's got a lot of hit points and a yeah. lot of attacks and Ooh. a lot of cool abilities. <laughs> yeah. And he's bad. Yeah, and he's yeah. a bad guy. There's got to be, you got to have the those social type stakes as well. Like how do you, I say, how do you develop them? But in some ways you're developing them from that whole one to 20 period. Like, this is the city that they started in at level one, and now it is under siege at level 16 or level 18. There are people they care about inside the city. They are politically aligned with these factions. They And all of a sudden, it's not just about beating the monster. It's about, oh, I need to save X, Y, or Z, or I need to keep something from getting stolen or at the same time as this thing is attacking. Yeah, I I certainly believe that the success of high-level campaigns truly depends on how much your players buy in to the world and how much the DM buys in as well. Because I, I do think that you can start, you know, as like level eight or 10 characters and work your way up, or you can even jump in as 12 or 14. But you really do need to have like a, a sense of a sense of purpose. Because I, I, you know, if there's a level 14 hero running around in the world, like that means something in my games. It's like, God, like people look at you and they're just, they're terrified. You're one of the only people in the world that has that much power. And, you know, introducing that responsibility and having a world react to you that way and, you know, having your story unfold that is such an important element of like when you realize that you are so powerful and what you do with that power matters that's when those high level games become really exciting and that's that's one mm-hmm. of the the reasons you know that the epic legacy the handbook is is so cool cuz it's talking about like how the heck did you go beyond like 20? Like what is a level 21 fighter? Like Jesus, what did you do to like get to this point? <laughs> like you are the only person in the world that knows this much about fighting. Like God, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of energy that has to exist in high level games. So it is something you can't just casually kind of walk up to a table and be like, yeah, I'm 17, whatever. That doesn't really mean anything. But if you have that that history, that power behind you, if NPCs turn their heads when you walk by, if kings are, you know, recruiting you for their personal errands, like that means something. Oh yeah. And is that uh what would you say then for for people who are like in that tier 2, tier 3 section and they're starting to go I need I need ideas, I need like 
situations, scenarios that would be interesting that isn't just necessarily like I, I definitely have a big bad guy I can throw at him too, but I need more than that. Like what what kind of advice would you give those people for helping develop beyond just the monster? Yeah, so I always recommend that people open up communication between players and the DM, because if you have stuck with a character for so long, likely your player has a grand vision or an idea of what they want their character to be. You know, it's very rare that people are just like, no, I'm just going to adventure my whole life. It's like, well, let's let's check in. Like, what is your goal here? Are you trying to become, you know, the number one paladin of this god? Are you trying to open up your own temple, like raise money for a school? Do you want to be, you know, the avenger of your entire race? Like, what is your goal? What is your... And this is a, a mechanic I actually introduced in the Venture Maintenance Campaign Guide, your heroic destiny. This idea of, like, what is your personal narrative or arc that you want to go on because usually your players have really great ideas and hopes and dreams for their characters. And if you can build elements of that and incorporate in that world, that's how you get them invested. That's how you get them hooked into your world and weaving that into your main story. If you can accomplish that even better, that's that automatic buy on. And, you know, as they are achieving their goals, they're more willing to invest in the world that's helping them accomplish their dreams. Exactly. And, you know, communication is one of the, the mainstays of, uh, you know, DMs and, and player characters. That's something that, you know, always needs to happen going back and forth. And having that communication also mix with just the growth that the characters had from level one to 10 to 12 mm -hmm. or, or whatever is so important overall but i mean you're right speaking with them just to kind of figure out what that end goal is and then plotting along like with them not only does it you know build even more trust between the player and the dm it, it just shows how much you care about their character as well which also reinvigorates them into the game and it just you know ends up meshing into such a better story because of that like i i love that that answer that, that's absolutely fantastic yeah, I mean, right now it's, you know, session zero is becoming a, a big thing and people are starting to incorporate session zeros into their games. But I always like to stop and remind people, it's like, well, have you played 10 games, you know, that probably took, you know, every two weeks, like it's maybe been like half a year. Have you had any kind of check in since that session zero about like about people's characters? Have their ambitions changed? Are they happy with, you know, their subclasses, their choices? Or do they want more for mm -hmm. their characters? Usually the answer is yes. And if you do have those conversations, you know, that kind of spark and interest automatically always, you know, heats up those games and keeps it going for another, yeah. you know, five, ten levels, those regular check-ins. And honestly, I mean, coming up with ideas as a whole party is always more fun than just doing it as your own on the DM. You know, the pressure of building the story just by yourself is inevitably not going to be as good. It, it's better if you rely on your characters to build these, like, growing arcs and weave mm -hmm. into the narrative. Ask, help, ask them for help. Uh, they should feel involved in the process. It's, it's kind of like the whole idea of four minds are better than one type thing. And it, it, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That honestly ends up being one of the reasons why uh, it's so hard to challenge players, especially at higher levels, because you as the DM are one person. 
I, I, I am trying to direct these several monsters or whatever. And then I have four or five players all plotting against my, my bad guy, (laughs) all with the brain, with the brain power combined of trying to take down strategizing and stuff versus the one me who has to strategize and mechanics and keep track of everything and record stuff. And, and so it's, that, that that's just honestly one of the reasons it's it's hard to harder to mm-hmm. challenge mm-hmm. uh players is because there's a lot of them and there's there's one of you and so like you said having those other extras that can kind of take some of the load off you uh like the the puzzle that they're also having to work on the layer that they're also having to work on um making them focus in multiple directions versus the singular thing that you're trying to accomplish is a, is a really huge deal. And man, I, I feel like I, I, I've talked to a few people, but I know Ben, I, we've had, we've had discussions on this. It, it feels like we're, we're almost at the point in five E where it's just like, like a dungeon master's guide two would be mm, so handy. Yeah. Like so we've, we've collected so much knowledge as a community and as players and as DMs over the last five plus years of this edition. Um, and then especially just to our discussion on high level stuff, I feel like there would be, you could probably write a book on how to run tier three and four, just period. Like how do you make good tier three and four? <laughs> yeah. I would, I would, yeah. I would eat that up. Like that's. Oh, I no. would love to yeah. read that. There, you never yeah. know everything. <laughs> No, no. Um, like you can always you don't. learn, and and it is it is such a such a balancing act too to to maintain these things and make it harder, especially without the mechanical support of the game. Um, I mean, the other mm-hmm. advice I, I'm always giving people is like watch superhero movies. Uh, you know, when you're building plots yeah. for for your higher levels, because you know how do you challenge Superman? Who's so much better than everyone. everyone. Yeah, yeah. So you you have to make complex villains and you have to figure out, you know, why is it that it almost looks like the Justice League isn't going to be there together at the end because everybody has a different thing going on that's pulling them in a million different ways and bonds and flaws and backstory tragedies mm-hmm. all over the place and like orchestrating <laughs> that all. Usually these movies have teams and teams of writers. So it's like, how do you get that experience? How do you do that in three tier three, tier four? Because you have to. You really have to step up to that narrative plate. So if we had more tools to be able to do that and didn't just have to rely on experience, that would be incredible. But that, man, that is that is such a great piece of advice. Holy crap. I, I yes. never even thought Watch about it like that. superhero movies. But yeah. no, that is, that is so good. That is so good. Because it's just like, yeah, you just had me thinking back to like Superman, the animated series or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. It's just like, yeah, how they challenged superman superman was either how did they challenge really, superman you look really at an objective weak. you're like how how yeah. that's how you yeah. do it they yeah. managed to do it and yeah. like you have they to get into to that it. same that same thought process yeah, that's so and good just by saying that i've thought of because i we're currently j- jumping into like arc two of my kind of big idea for a campaign and suddenly arc three 
makes so much more sense <gasps> on how I'm going to play yeah. something out. Good. Just by saying that, I'm like, oh, oh, pull this, pull this, pull mm-hmm. this, pull. This. Okay, mm-hmm. great. I'm set. Still need to figure out two, but three is <laughs> on the track. <laughs> no, that's 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 so great. That that's a very that's a very practical thing that I, I like. That should be. Gosh. Dang it. That's so good. Um, it's one of those things where you can just say that to somebody, but everyone knows what you're talking about, right? Like we've yeah, all seen exactly. superhero movies. We've all seen superhero movies and we've all gone, oh crap, Superman's getting the crap beat out of him. How's Batman going to figure this one out? Like, you yeah. know, those, those like, types how of is things. They're like, Oh my God, they've all been like, you know, disabled on their own. Like they've, they're all in yeah. different parts of the world and have like their own weaknesses that they're all, oh my God, we're never going to make it to the end. Yeah. You know, Thanos and beat the and Avengers. Like it's over. Yeah. Oh, how are they going to come back from this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's, that and is, that's, that's the a, end of the session. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> So now you got to figure out your, how to undisintegrate you and undisintegrate. <laughs> That's a problem for yeah, next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It was a teleportation beam as opposed to a disintegration beam, uh, obviously. obviously. Yeah. No, that's, you know. that is, that is super, super great advice. Um, I, I love, I love just like the mindset of that. And that, and that, again, that would be, that's the perfect type of thing for that like a dmg2 or a how to run high level campaigns mm-hmm. <laughs> type guidebook would be would be perfect in that that sort of thing cuz that's that's kind of the information that me as a dm who has never really run high level stuff cuz my my main campaign I've been running for several years now they're level 13 so we're we're getting there getting we're there. we're in arc th- yeah. we're we're about to start arc 3 we're like we're getting there this is going to be the big culmination they're going to be they'll probably be level 18 to 20 by the end of this thing. And so those are the things yeah. that I need to start thinking about. And I wish, I wish I had a guide that I could just pick up and go, Oh, okay. That's, that's super handy to know on a tier three thing. That's super handy to know about a, a tier four, some great ideas. All of a sudden, like here's a ton of layers, environmental effects, uh, extra mechanics that you can add to existing creatures to make them not paper thin without just adding (laughs) tons of hit points and just like dragging things out, just make it more interesting. And so, yeah, somebody make that book. It's not me. Well, I don't know enough. I'm really (laughs) glad that I'm working with 2C Gaming because there are some of those systems, you know, built into these books. And while it's not a comprehensive Mm -hmm. DMG, I love that I can be part of the solution, you know, in, in our, our hero's handbook, basically we are, we have an epic affix system, which is how to make monsters, any monster and how to actually Mm -hmm. make it a challenge. You know, we, we give guidelines to building these mythic monsters. We, we give horrible spells to give to your like enemies (laughs) and, you know, just like (laughs) magic items that can tear open the world. If you're not careful, (laughs) It's so exciting being in a position where I can start to make these tools for other people. And I I really do want to be part of that solution one day to to make it easy because, gosh, it just gets so exciting. It gets so exciting uh, when you do get to those higher levels. It does require that, that mental shift 
You know, you're you're not scrummy adventurers fighting rats anymore. You are dealing with a band of superheroes. And how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that as a DM? Um, but yeah. it is possible and it can be very, very fun. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds it, it all the people I've talked to that have run successful high level games always tell me how rewarding it is because oh, yeah. there's nothing like it. It's it's you don't normally get to play the superhero. You don't. Right. It, you, you can be this very strong adventurer, but like you said, you, it's, it's superhero. And we, we appreciate yeah. you <laughs> for making content like that <laughs> for us people that don't so. have time to think up all these cool things so that we can just see these books and these, these supplements and stuff and take these things and then yeah, and pull them, them in. Yeah. yeah, pull them in and use them. So uh, I absolutely love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Y'all are being so nice. <laughs> I mean, just the simple, hey, have you seen a superhero movie? Like that should just be the first line of the hey. DMG too. Yeah. 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 Hey, do you know how this works? Think about it. How does it work? <laughs> and then you go, oh wow. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. How do you challenge oh, Thor? That's great. He's a god, but they managed to do it, you know, comic after comic. Yeah, yeah time after that. Yeah, that's really all comic books are is you're yep. for the most part, you're challenging tier three and four equivalent type yeah. characters just constantly. <laughs> I read enough of him. Yeah. I should know. Yeah. yeah. When, whenever people are like, how do you do game design or like, where do I start? Or like, what do you do? I'm like, man, make sure you watch anime make sure you read comic books make sure you play video games uh because people have been having to answer these questions of how do we tell epic stories that feel exciting every time mm -hmm. and there this is an experience we all crave we all want to be these these magnificent awesome people who can change the world every time you know we, we step into it and we get to do that through games so there have been a lot of people telling these stories, and as long as you look and listen and pay attention to the media around you, you can learn a lot uh, to bring home into your own games. Awesome, that's that's super cool. Uh, ben, did you have any more any more high level type questions before we? I don't think shift? I can eat that I with know. any question. So. <laughs> I know. That's just like that's that's just the that's just the tagline for this episode. Watch superhero <laughs> movies. Watch superhero movies. Do it. Watch <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, all right. Well, wow. That was that was really good. Uh, we very much appreciate your insight on that. That especially because, like Ben said, both of us are coming up on that tier mm -hmm. three type thing mm -hmm. in both of our both of our main campaigns that we run. Uh, so that's yeah. That is that is super helpful advice. Um, yeah, man. It's good stuff. <laughs> Oh, I'm so uh, glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> uh, so uh, before we jump in, uh, so you can promote all the cool things that you have done, uh, wanted to just throw out the reminder, D&D &D Live is returning uh, July 16th and 17th. It is not in person. It is, I will, <laughs> the first one I was going to go to, of course, got canceled last year. And now it's oh. online still again, but maybe next year maybe next year to be super fun. Uh, but it is uh, going to be streamed July 16th and 17th. There's going to be a lot of a new announcements. There's going to be a lot of actual play games. 
run by some really amazing people. And I saw that Jack Black was going to be in a game. Yeah, I was just like, stoked when Jack Black what? is going to be playing. That just one of the sounds games. so cool. That's, that's going to be hilarious. I, and I feel like time. he's going to be just absolutely ridiculous. And it's going to be super fun. I hope he's a bard. And you just know he's the been playing D&D &D his whole life. You just know it. So oh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm definitely gonna be watching that one. That'll that'll be super, super funny. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, we will certainly be watching it. Uh, the what? It, what is? I'm I'm blanking on the name of the, the Feywild book. I'll be talking more about that. Um, oh, the Witch Light uh, Beyond the Witch wild, Light. Oop, beyond the yes. Beyond the Witch Light. Wild beyond mm -hmm. the Witch Light. I can't think of it. Wild Beyond the Witch so, Light. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm stoked that Faye are yeah. going to be in D and D because so much Super of the Venture cool. Man's campaign guide is a bunch of Faye stuff and Faye and you know stuff in our world. So I'm excited for people to get interested in the Faye and then be oh, able totally. to use all the templates and new monsters from the Venture Man's oh, campaign yeah. guide. I was like, this is perfect when they announced that. <laughs> it's great. Again, it's going to be one of those things. I'm not necessarily going to run that adventure, but I'm going to get the book so that I can pull from yeah. it. And oh, yeah. if we go to the we Feywild. We need more Fey monsters. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely need more Fey monsters. I'm, I'm right there. So that'll be really cool. And then the Strixhaven uh, stuff is also, I'm sure they're going to be talking about that quite a bit. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. going to be another setting book. They have some really cool Unearthed Arcana that's uh, very different than their mm -hmm. uh, very different designs, like multi-class subclasses, which is the first yeah. time they've really done something like that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see that that setting book as well. And then apparently there's another one that's going to be yeah nice, another secret one another secret one. So. Maybe it's another rules, like a Tasha's or a, a Xanthar's type one. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited. It's uh, There's going to be a lot of announcements, I'm <laughs> sure, for this. Uh, so be sure to check that out when it happens. Uh, Celeste, why don't you promote all the cool things you do? You've, like you said you've done a ton of stuff. Why don't you tell everybody like uh, where they can find your stuff? Uh, You've already talked a little bit about what you're working on. If people want to like buy some of the stuff that you you created or made, uh, just let people know where they can find you. Yeah. So the best way to keep up with everything I'm doing uh, or to get in touch with me, tweet at me and be like, yo, superheroes hate that idea or whatever. Uh, follow <laughs> me on Twitter at C Conowich. Uh, that's where I post the most. Uh, but if you want to see my full catalog of everything I've written, worked on, links to all of the DMs Guild products I've posted, all the books I've written for, you can check out my website, CelesteConowich.com. If you really liked my style and you're curious what a whole book that I'm writing looks like, uh, the Venture Maidens campaign guide is available for pre-order. So you can head over to Kickstarter if you type in Venture Maidens or Venture Maidens campaign guide. Uh, it'll take you to the campaign page where you can check out the book, all the cool preview art. And I mean, we did 20 pages of the book for the Kickstarter that you can look at for proof of concept there. So you can pre-order the book there, uh, which would be super neat, super cool you uh and like i said july 14th 2021 uh we are going to be starting campaign two of the venture maiden so if you want to get in on the ground of a brand new campaign setting podcast no prior knowledge of venture maidens required you can head over to twitch uh dot tv slash the venture maidens 
and we will be there yeah every wednesday night you can catch us on that channel streaming good stuff and then we publish it a couple weeks later in podcast form if you type in venture maidens literally everywhere podcasts are free we're on all of them we're on all of them uh so check that out awesome man and that's that's a that's a great place to be like oh there's so many of these like brand new uh actual plays just starting like, yeah, like this it's, is, yeah, it's cool. never been a better Get time it to, on like, the ground you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 awesome uh so definitely go check that stuff out um and then you're also currently in in addition to the the venture maiden stuff you're also contributing to titan magazine right now i am yes so yeah if you check out um the 2c gaming patreon um as part of the epic legacy tome of titans the stretch goal was to make a magazine called the you know it tome of titans uh magazine stuff so that means that if you subscribe to the patreon or if you go i think pre-orders are closed for tome of titans but if you go be. to the 2c gaming yeah if you go to the 2c gaming patreon for as little as one dollar a month you can get access to a brand new titan uh every month so you can check out this proof of concept and see these awesome monsters. Um, I mean, Ryan, you said you had one in front of you right now that you're. I, I was looking at looking the one. At my latest the, the one ring. The one ring or the ring yes. of power. Oh yeah, the not, ring of power, not, not the, the one, one ring, because copyright. The one ring. Yeah. Uh, the phrase is one <laughs> yeah, above yeah. all extreme. Excuse me, it's very different. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, the, the a whole a whole thing on the Ring of Power, which is it's not just and and this is I, I highly recommend stuff like this if you're you're in those that that tier three tier four area because these types of things aren't just like here's a stat block. It's it's very much an encounter. It's very much there's there's social pieces. There is background. There is layer stuff. There's the actual monster itself there's motivations it's the it's the entire package versus just the here's a stat block you can throw out your players no it's more here's a story that's happens to be something that can challenge your very very high level players oh what's so, super fun about the out. ring of power too is it's a, a a template that you can put onto any creature, including a PC who might be foolish enough to think that they can handle wearing uh, the the ring of power. Uh, that'll go very poorly. And then that way, as a DM, you don't even have to make your own villains. Your player will become one for you. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> Um, so as, as always, uh, before we wrap up, um, we usually talk a little bit about what's been going on in, uh, our home games and the stuff we've been doing lately. So, uh, we can, we can kick it off with Celeste. Uh, do you have a, a cool story or a cool moment from a game that you've played in or DM recently that would be, would be fun to share? Yeah, so I so I am every other Wednesday right now. Uh, we are playing through Rime of the Frostmaiden. and I'm DMing it uh, on on the channel. So last night we had oh, a cool. Rime of the Frostmaiden episode, and um, I mean I don't want to do spoilers because you guys are. Uh, let's just say <laughs> we might let's we might not say, hit it though. Who knows? Yeah, let's yeah, just say we, we had say. we had a very alien moment 
in in our game last time, and I also cool. introduced a monster. I actually stole the Lugaru from the new Van Richten's guide and kind of inserted it in this one aspect nice. of Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. So it was very cool. <laughs> we had a player got bit by this, and this thing exploded out of their chest and they would have died except for the fact that they basically like decided to keep the the lycanthropy and it was a very cool moment of like watching a character (laughs) die and then since they weren't killed by silver having them come back it it was just like and then and then we had a smooch (laughs) also because one of the characters was like i can't believe like oh my god you almost died i love you and it was it was very good it was like it was just so much drama like exploding blood, magic, romance, just peak, peak venture maidens, and it was it was fantastic. That's just peak D and D. Peak D and D. Yeah, in that moment, peak you're D&D. like, yes, just raining blood, uh, finding love in a hopeless place. This Hell is yeah. why I play this game. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic! Exactly. Oh my gosh. Then uh, what about you? You've got you've had some stuff happen. Yeah, so they, um, my players are finally getting through this place called the Everwilds. That is uh, this like weird conglomeration of all these different types of trees and forested areas and stuff, and it's a very dangerous place. So they're they're getting to the outskirts. Um, there was an encounter that was planned that was totally avoided. That it was a good encounter, but no one investigated. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. Mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. They have no idea why the healing spells in this certain area just healed for full, but that's cool. Doesn't matter. You use it later. Um, yeah, oh, <laughs> just no, reuse definitely. again. Whatever. Definitely. Um, then as they continue on, there's a, a log on, you know, in the middle of the path turned out to be a tree end. And uh, they made a new friend. Which, oh, uh, yeah. originally they were going to throw a fireball at it from far away to, to get the tree out of the road. Oh, oh no. didn't. good. <laughs> so, oh, no. Hey Again, Ben, what's your what what did yeah, you do they, for a treant voice? I'm always curious how people role play treant <laughs> voices. Oh, I, I probably did a little too much of uh, Lord of the Rings, but yeah, they spoke slow. <laughs> that's totally how I Actually, do treants more... too, which is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just we, we all just sometimes you it. just get that that impression in your yep. head, and it just <laughs> we all have yep. that psychic like this is just how we yep. do treants. Yep, exactly. Very cool. It's just yeah, everybody knows. It's like you know, dwarves have a Scottish accent. Treants, it's the unspoken like rule. Yeah. <laughs> how it is. <laughs> but so yeah, they made a new friend and made him laugh, and he was happy and let him pass, and you know, so totally worked. And then as they were getting to the the actual outskirts, outskirts, huge downpours, mud everywhere, having a hard time getting through, a T-Rex attacked. <gasps> yeah! Gotta, finally got to run your T-Rex. Oh, yeah. And then it was great because the bard has been popping into a T-Rex with Polymorph, so she just turned herself into a T-Rex. So uh, thinking that that would probably happen, I ended up getting a second T-Rex model just so that we could have dueling t-rexes that yes yes and while everybody was focused on that that's when the six velociraptors came in and started attacking yes. the, rest of the caravan excellent yeah dino and, fight yeah oh it was great and uh, i just loved the look on their faces when i said okay and then the fourth velociraptor comes from here and attacks and oh my god and the fifth <laughs> oh my god and the sixth, oh my god 
It's like, well, they also only have an AC of 13 and 10 hit points, but the, you don't know that until but you kill the first one. Tactics, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So oh, it's yeah. good. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. Uh the the caravan, needless to say, got all screwed up and all over the place. The the random, you know, towns guards who've been going with them all survived surprisingly. They came mm. very close to being dead, but it uh, worked out pretty well. So we had a lot of good times and uh, then they they crested over a hill, saw the town of Trademore in front of them, leveled up to 11, and that's where we're picking up next time. Oh, that's fun. It's a very satisfying level up, having a T-Rex duel and then getting <laughs> to level. With that. Nice. <laughs> does, your, does your bard ever like get the concentration broken while in T-Rex form? Hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. but we're rolling for it. Yeah, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's half yeah, the battle. That, that is, exactly. When you cast it on yourself, that's that's always the big yeah. risk. Like, oh, well, she's also a warcaster, so I've got I'm yeah, working yeah. against uh, that too. It makes it rough. Yeah, it was a smart hit her with choice on her part. Yeah, got to hit her with something really big, and then yeah. it's like, oh, you got to roll a thirty-eight. How come you can't get that? But yeah, we'll get there at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ryan, how about you? Have you been, uh, had a chance to kind of reconvene? So. Um, we did. We had done the one shot with my because I, I run two campaigns right now. Um, one of them has been off for a little bit because one of the players having a baby and it's just summer. Oh. Yeah, uh, it's not like that's uh, hard. You know, just one of those things. <laughs> but that that campaign we've been we've been playing for almost three years now, and we we play usually like once a month, and that's just how it's how it's worked out, and it's it's honestly worked out pretty well uh, so far. So we are that one is finally getting back together towards the um mid part of july so i'm excited about that they just they they fought the avatar the blood god recently that was a it was an eight hour session six hour combat it was it was absolutely (laughs) incredible so much fun uh it was our first in-person session back in over a year and a half so that was oh wow i gotta use all the models and everything that i had been making and painting and stuff for for the whole uh, it was so satisfying but we're doing a, a downtime session. And so um, to your point, I was, I was kind of thinking about that, you know, making sure you do those check-ins downtime sessions after big, big moments and stuff are mm-hmm. a great time to do that because as you're reaching oh, yeah. out to the players and figuring out kind of like my players have like two, well, two months of real and income time <laughs> in, <laughs> in a lot of ways uh, to, to do stuff. That's a great way to reach out and be like, Hey, what is your character wanting to do now? What are they feeling? Uh, how are they feeling after this moment? All these, mm-hmm. these different type things, what did they want to do during this, this two month span? And so usually I run downtimes. We hop back and forth between individual people and then party party type moments to make sure that no one's bored <laughs> for for too right. long yeah um but so that that'll be really fun and um they'll they'll probably level up uh again there toward the end and then we'll move towards the the final final arc of that campaign but my other campaign uh they just found uh well they did so well in their their mercenary group they did so well in their last job that the big boss of their mercenary thing entrusted them this special assignment and it turns out uh, that they found this airship and airships don't exist mm-hmm. in my, in my world. So this is a really big deal. Uh, they found that's it's almost like this relic. No one knows quite how it works. Um, they're, they're going, basically they fixed it up and the, this party is now entrusted with helping guard it 
on its way back to this frozen north area where their, their arcanists are going to study it in, in secret and in private. And then the party is going to go explore the ruins where they found it to try and find more of the power sources. And so there's, there's a lot of fun Eep. potential uh, stuff that I have planned. I love arcane uh, mess. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so fun. And so the, we'll, have a, we'll have a session or two of them traveling uh, in that ship to the the frozen north area of the continent they're on and then potentially a, a little bit of a dungeon delve which is fun i'm not a huge like dungeon delve person like a i i played in a game where we literally spent like 20 plus sessions in a dungeon and i'm just like i can't do this like this is i don't know <laughs> if it's just just me or whatever but i cannot dungeon delve I uh, I apologize in advance for the Caves of Hunger chapter <laughs> then that you guys are going to play through. Um. If it's interesting, as we're looking, if it's interesting, as we're yeah. looking for ingredients to to yeah, cook. Exactly. Yes, it sense. is a Master Chef dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> it's got it's got to be interesting, but like my my personal like DMing style, um, whenever I do those types of things, it's usually like a two to five session type type thing where there's there's a few areas that it, it kind of keeps it interesting um but i like to make sure that i i shake up the setting as well um just to make sure that it's it's more variety but i'm i'm really excited about the possibilities for that and where that's headed and um i'm a big mini guy so i've got got all my minis ready that and i way too big of a backlog that i need to paint so that's always how it is see you just don't paint them yeah you know and that's sometimes what happens or you go hey i prefer theater of the mind and it's just because i have no patience no patience Or if like terrible drawings of like little butt trees <laughs> on a dryer or a race board, and I'm like, yeah, that's the best you get. <laughs> what is that? That's a mountain. That's a yeah. mountain. Don't just Wait, you can't yeah, don't tell? you see it? <laughs> well, it looks exactly like the lake. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll put an L here for lake and an M. Yeah, well, I brought the beer, so <laughs> shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Uh, well, that's it. That's our show. Um, again, Celeste, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, absolutely fantastic discussion. Learned a lot. Got a lot of great ideas. Uh, and it's just great to hear from someone who is in the, in the weeds, like in the thick of this daily and doing this, this type of thing for, for a living now. And uh, it's just so cool to, to glean knowledge from that. So thank you so much uh, for coming thank on. You. Wow. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Um, so Ben, before we go, why don't you throw out where we can be reached? All right. Well, um, if you have a nice long form thing, you want to talk about your experiences, tell us stories about your campaign or anything along those lines, go ahead and send us an email. We love reading them. Uh, send those to dndiscussions at gmail.com. Uh, if you have something more short form or you just want to do a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter, uh, follow us on Twitter. We are at DN Discussions. Uh, if you're looking for Ryan specifically, he is at TBKZort. Uh, if you're looking for me, I'm at Ben Bumhofer. Uh, of course, 
if you like this episode and you're like, well, gosh darn, this is the first one I've ever listened to and I want to listen to a whole bunch more, go to dndiscussions.com. We have every single episode there as well as, well, wherever you're hearing this on your podcast player of choice. Um, last but not least, if you think, hey, that Ryan and Ben guy, they sure didn't convince me that they know how to play. Well, guess what? We do. You can always find us uh, in the persistent campaign of plus five to hit. As we said, we're playing through Rhyme of the Frostbane right now, as well as, well, not right now, right now, but we're doing our little interlude through the Candlekeep Mysteries, then going back to those characters who are in uh, Rhyme of the Frostbane. And uh, all of it's a lot of fun. I really recommend it. Check it out. Yeah, especially since Slash wrote some of Rhyme of the Frostbane. It's awesome so far. Yeah. You should check I'm, it out. Uh, but only the there. good parts. <laughs> So, uh... <laughs> well, so far no, I've enjoyed no. it all. So you wrote a lot. So thank Heck you. Heck yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, thank you again so much for coming. Uh, thank you, Ben, uh, for getting together with me. Oh, I know we're almost at fifty episodes. <laughs> like that next next yeah. episode. That's a that's a big milestone. We've been doing this for a while now. So uh, always fun to talk about D and D with you and with our wonderful guests. And until next time, take care, and we will see you soon. Yep. And don't forget, be good to each other. <laughs> <laughs>